Unable to come up with a suitable introduction for a family audience this week, welcome to Hunter Pod. have something to do with what we're talking about right before we start recording, but this week it was uh, a bit of an X-rated conversation, so we're not going to. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, we've got with us this evening, as ever, Australian Dan. Hello. English Dan. Good evening. And Sebastian Garcia is uh, unable to make it uh, this week yet again. He's been slacker than Lionel Messi so far in 2012. (laughs) Uh, But we do have a very able replacement in Ashley Pellet. Representing Racing again, I guess, so that you have to keep the proportions up. You have to keep the proportions. Good evening. They're just going up on me, actually. You don't know what it's like. I know what you mean. Long term listeners will remember Ashley from uh, a couple of special editions uh, last year of course. Um, we've not got as much to talk about this week as, as we had last week, which is possibly a good thing really for the point of view of my Wednesday afternoon spent editing the damn thing uh, Gentlemen, anything uh, and, and indeed lady, anything from the weekend just passed it <laughs> so which, charming, which really <laughs> caught your interest um, I think it was interesting that uh, finally Tigre and San Lorenzo have stopped matching results, which they've done um, almost every single week for the last six weeks or so. Two um, years or so. Well, yeah, they've been sticking very close to each other. And, uh, well, they were about to. Tigre won 1-0 against uh, Olimpo. With the f- it was absolutely horrible uh, refereeing performance, actually. Uh, the, the Tigre goal was offside. There was then a Tigre player sent off for no particular reason. You could say it was Lustau, the, the referee. You could say it sort of evened out, but it was just horrible. I, I quite enjoyed uh, one of Tigre's players... Um, I don't think it was Morales it was one of the others and gave an interview yesterday and they said to him what did he think about the referee in this game and blah 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 and he said oh, I think Argentine referees are the best in the world you know we, it's, it's really easy to criticise but uh, they, they very rarely get anything wrong and you sort of watched it and thought wait a minute no, <laughs> absolutely horrific <laughs> anyway so they probably deserve to win anyway but it was you know uh, pretty strange game anyway so Tigre won and San Lorenzo were winning until the last until about the fourth minute of yeah. extra time and um, Tania Fico popped up and scored his first goal for a Banfield Barcelona, Barcelona target Nicolas I've got to say it was horrible marking from San Lorenzo like you think it's the last minute of the game they just need to hold on it was it had to be kind of the last attack and yeah Banfield had the keeper up there as well Bologna which you know always causes a bit of trouble in the, mm-hmm. in the box but it still it seemed like the ball came in and the Defence just parted, absolutely. Yeah, and he's a little fella as well. Uh, he's, he's got a good jump on him, but yeah, he shouldn't have been left quite so alone like that. So, um, that's Is there anywhere we could we could read more on him, Dan? Uh, yeah, you could. You could try ArgentinaFootballWorld.com uh, and check the Rising Stars section. And he's oh, this month's Rising best. Star of the Month, yeah. Nicolás Taliafico. Ah, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Please do. Um, so that broke the monotony of Tigre and San Lorenzo matching each other and Tigre have moved within two points in the three year average of yeah. San Lorenzo so and they also moved out of their direct relegation 
places thanks to San Martín de San Juan's loss against Racing, mm-hmm. which I didn't think I'd be saying last week after that pretty dreadful Clásico, but <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, I think on balance, a fair result, Racing won 1-0 with a goal from uh, Pablo Caballero, also didn't think I'd be saying that ever, <laughs> <laughs> because this guy's got, I think, I was looking at the stats, something like five goals in about 40, 45 games for Racing, and he's a bit of a joke figure really, but he came on and kind of turned in the cross when he had to, and yeah, I guess you can say Racing have got things slightly, slightly back on track after after that disaster on Saturday. And I'd like if we could move on to Racing in a bit more detail later on, because of course they changed managers just before we recorded last week, and have played two games under him under Luis Zubaldia yeah. since but let's go through the other results uh, quickly first of all there haven't been many goals this weekend really the one I like to see all of the games bar All Boys Union and Rafael Estudiantes finished below two and a half goals for the, the betting fans out there um, All Boys Union finished 2-1 to All Boys and Rafael Estudiantes was 3-2 to Rafaela which I don't know about any of you, but I was slightly surprised by these Estudiantes have now lost three of the last four, yeah. uh, which given their huge upturn in form towards the end of last year and the start of this year is, is mm. quite a, a turnaround now. They were title runners. Yeah, uh, it sort of coincided when we ago. started bigging them up, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. You said they turned the corner and now they can't win a game for having the money. No. It's a curse of handleford strikes again. Juan Sebastián Merón is going to be potentially playing this weekend and he's announced already. I can't remember whether we mentioned last week that he's going to be retiring did, yeah. at the end of the season for sure. Um, I have a feeling that we might have done, but you sort of wonder A whether they need him but B whether that's going to be quite a boost to them given their their recent form now uh, tricky to say mm-hmm. <laughs> another good well, give you yeah. a very deep looks around the table now I think that was a rather brash statement yeah. actually I think I think another another little highlight of the weekend for me was um, in a game which doesn't really have any bearing on what's happening at the top or the bottom but it was nice to see anyway um, Esteban Fuertes came on as a sub for Colón even in the first half and scored their goal in a 1-0 win against Argentinos and mm. shows he's still able to score I think he's he turned so 39 now yeah. he's always happy yeah but like he's always he's always there and you yeah. see that he's a good athlete because yeah. I did meet him mm-hmm. and last year he was 38 and we're to- you know we're talking about older players yeah. and I know like maybe three years ago it didn't mm-hmm. exist the concept of a player that old in Argentina, I mean, yeah. they just came, retired. They didn't play three years. Esteban never left. No, I mean, doesn't look like and ever leaving. <laughs> he's just training as hard as the youngest players yeah. in team, and he seems to be like yeah. an um, overall symbol of that yeah. team. That him makes, and he's also yeah. Schiavi and Boca, who just keeps going. At, I think yeah. he's, you know, a fresh-faced 38 yeah. compared mm. to Esteban. But yeah, those two players are just. Fantastic. And Gabriel yeah. Milito, which Amelita. I recently met. Yeah, he's a he, bit. How old is he? He's a bit younger. He's, he's about thirty-five. He's his like body's 35. fallen apart more than the others, I think. But. No, but we talked about that whole crisis about his transfer story. You know how he had to go through a medical mm. check before going to uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, Barcelona. No, Barca. Okay, first Barcelona. That's what happens, anyways. And and he said they were right. He was not up to his perfect, mm-hmm. um, let's say, level. His knee so wasn't good enough. Yeah. They found it, and then you know he didn't. But he was 
better for him and now he plays still plays yeah. mm-hmm. well, we, not, we should probably point out that he had another magical, medical emergency at the weekend I don't know if you guys heard about this on I believe it was Saturday oh, yeah. right. or Friday night when the Independiente players well, came to Mendoza to play Gordo yeah. Cruz their bus actually got attacked by a group of Gordo Cruz fans who chucked stones and rocks and god knows what at the bus and one of the kind of the window next to Melito's face smashed and got him in the eye with a piece of glass oh my well. god yeah so he was kind of rushed to hospital but he was all okay and I think yeah I think he played on on Sunday in the end he did yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounded quite uh, scary at first. Yeah, nice like, little thing. Taking a hospital with a cut eye, uh, but yeah, it turned out to be like on the outside of the eye or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, sure he was happy that it happened in Mendoza, not like somewhere <laughs> not as developed as Mendoza. <laughs> no, no. I don't, yeah. you know, it could happen in the middle of the road somewhere. There's yeah, no true. hospital yeah. mm-hmm. because this is still Argentina, and some of the provinces are not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expat complaints, actually. Oh come on! <laughs> I have to. We we should possibly mention uh, going dragging this all the way back to uh, Esteban Fuertes' goal for Colón. That the reason, as English Dan mentioned, he came on in the first half is because Ernesto Javier Chevanton, the Uruguayan striker who some of you may remember from his time in. Spain, Italy, and Italy. Spain and Italy. Uh, we can't remember exactly which club, so I'm not going to pretend to to reel them off now and then find tomorrow that I've got them completely <laughs> wrong. Um, has a double injury. No, sorry, he's not. That's somebody else. But he's, he's ruptured the Achilles. <laughs> Obviously, because one is it one of Racing's players has done his meniscus and his cruciate ligaments or something. But Chevanton, anyway, has, has yeah. ruptured. <laughs> Chevanton has ruptured the Achilles on his right heel, so he's out for minimum six months now. He seems to be taking it in very good uh, good humour. He was on Twitter yesterday posting a picture of himself in his new shoe, as he put it after surgery, <laughs> an enormous piece of plaster he's got on his foot. Um, so yeah, that was that was Colón Argentinos. Uh, there were two matches which were of the kind that genuinely made you wonder why he hadn't just spent enough two hours reading a good book or something, which were Belles Lanús, which finished goalless, and Godoy Cruz Independiente, which just took the biscuit in terms of dull games. I think anyone who watched that game would have liked a bit of glass narrow, to be honest. I wouldn't quite go that far. I did watch the game. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Somebody's phone is ringing like Sex in the City, oh, and it's not mine. <laughs> it's Dan's yeah. phone ringing like Sex <laughs> in the City. I didn't even realise that that was Sex in the City. Until oh, you yes, did. Yeah, yeah, I realised it. Right. <laughs> I know it because before writing about football, I used to write about fashion. Australian Dan is very keen of telling the rest of us how macho Australian people are and yeah. how 12 year old boys in Australia start to grow big I had about 12 choices and there were all those little tinkly sounds and, <laughs> and apparently that one's Sex in the City yeah. so yeah I'm proud to have it he found this out four months ago and he hasn't changed it so. yeah. <laughs> that's true that's all <laughs> yeah we're, we're doubtful about this yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doubtful about he doesn't know what <laughs> Sex in the City is no, it is. I didn't know okay. that. <laughs> the the other interesting results really were the the very last two games of the round. Belgrano uh, uh, drawing with Boca Juniors on Sunday evening to prevent Boca from having the chance to to pull clear and apply some pressure on the two teams who played just last night. We're recording as usual on Tuesday, so last night means Monday. Um, it was fourth against second at the start of the round, um, and it was Arsenal de Sarandí against Newell's Old Boys. Uh, match which ended in a 1-1 draw either one of those sides winning would have sent 
the winning side clear at the top of the table a draw means that Newell's <coughs> a joint top with Boca they've both now got 21 points um, Tigre and then a Southfield both have 20 and then we've got Colón and God I almost managed to remember all, this all the way through Colón and all boys thank you Dan on uh, 19 points so just two, two points off the lead following all boys 2-1 whenever on young um, I think that pretty much wraps up our sort of quick result roundup in terms of where everybody is in the title race uh, so now Dan let's go into a little more detail what have you made of Luis Subel Diaz first two games in charge of Racing three goals two wins two clean sheets can you tell us how he's lining up as well because someone was asking me on Twitter I haven't seen either yeah. of their two games but it seems to be the same kind of it's kept the same sort of formation right? more or less slightly different I mean first of all I didn't have the pleasure of seeing the, the Copa Argentina game in midweek it was in Basile almost in Basile yeah it's true even Basili, I'm sure, watched it on TV. <laughs> a glass of whiskey and a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> nah, sunglasses on. Yeah, I had no excuse. That's for the morning after. <laughs> um, but the game on Saturday, I watched. Obviously, I was I was back in the home end in El Cilindro, and it was interesting. Um, the setup's slightly different. He's got whereas Basile likes to play either kind of with three forwards in and or kind of Gio in the enganche position and then two forwards. I think what Zubeldia had. You could probably call, more, call it more of a four-three-two-one, or as I like to call it, the rocket ship blast-off formation. The, the Christmas tree formation, as it was known yeah. for a long time in in England. Oh, yeah. 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 So you kind of got um, Gio and Castro playing just behind the sole forward, who, okay. who was a uh, was Santander on Saturday. Yeah, who was alright. Like he didn't, you know, he hasn't convinced a lot of people, but I think there's potential. There is the kind of consensus, and it worked well because you kind of. You definitely saw Zubaldia's really pushed on for Giota to stay in the box, to stay in kind of the final no, third, but rather been, than get sucked back towards... Uh, Zubaldia's been quite open about the fact that he's going to take probably a couple of weeks to work out exactly where Gio's most effective. Right? Definitely, he's, yeah. he's told him that for the moment, yeah. but he's also going to experiment a little bit in training. Yeah, of course, he's, he's been there for just over a week, so... Yeah. You know, and it's also, we time. still think, do we agree that Gio, since his injury, even though it's been months and months still, not playing as well as when, right before when he was injured, he's no, he hasn't scared. Played, yeah. He hasn't played he, as well. It looks like he's yeah. scared all the time to get yeah. into positions in I don't your think, life. Yeah, I don't think he's played, I've said before, I don't think he's played well at all this season, really. No. I, think um, a, I think it's a combination of, of, yeah. it's a combination of that and, and, and the teams, and the teams working Teo. out now that, <clears throat> that if they get really up close to Gio... And rattle yeah. him from you know almost before he's even had his first touch, then they can put him off his game. Yeah. Or, um, I think Teofilo and Gio didn't work together at all. No, they never quite clicked. There was a lot of you know, you we say were really too many egos. Could you say that Teo and anybody worked well together? <laughs> no, but in that like when Gio was injured and he wasn't playing, Teofilo was shining. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me a little that bit of. Um, a year ago, when we, when I just, mm. you know, when he started playing, he came from Turkey, blah blah blah, yeah. and then I interviewed him, and he was a really nice, easygoing player, whatever, and then he was playing like that. And we know that he's an asshole in the field, and some gun toting maniac now. Yeah, <laughs> and now he is carrying some pinball, you know, gun, <laughs> claiming it's for his four-year-old gun. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. 
Wait, um, did, did you see actually when you interviewed him the the seeds being sown in, in, in the mind of? Could you see the evil behind I interviewed him with his with his kids in his lap. The boy was were like they, three. They like he couldn't even speak guns. yet. Almost like what gun is his favorite? <laughs> and the girl is so they have like you know he's a really nice family, wife, yeah. two little kids. I don't think that kid is playing with a paintball gun unless. <laughs> Teo is insisting that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they play together <laughs> because I don't... Well, but he kept of, touching my us. microphone, the little kid, and I'm like, don't touch the <laughs> I was like... Well, none of us are from Indonesia, so we don't know what it's like, you know. We don't know. What age oh, they get introduced to. The we, other we night, did you see... Boca was about to play Zamora, and they interviewed some of the players from that team, and then one of them was a Colombian guy who played with Teo when they were little. And he said that he was really sorry, and he's like, you know, God bless, Teo is a really nice guy. And he was very, very surprised that such a nice guy had yeah, yeah, in a crocodile tears. Um, no, I was about to say that uh, they remind me a little bit of uh, Zidane and Thierry Henry on the French side because... You were. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, I think it's a relative. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. You know, like, do you know how many how many times Zidane assisted Maurice yeah, once, right? Yeah. And, and it was in their very last match. Well, one of the, yeah, the, the one against Brazil in, I think, yeah, in, the, in the last World Cup. Uh, yeah, the World Cup in 2006. Um, and they, yeah, like in theory, you have this fantastic playmaker and you have this striker uh, who's great at getting on the end of passes or whatever, and it should work really well, but it never really clicked with those two. And now it's all over. Forever. Forever. Yeah. And, until Gio Gostolanos. Of course. Until they both get selected for the I think Colombian team. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, before we um, went off on our Teo chat tangent, we were just talking about um, so where Gio's work. Thank, I think, you. Yeah. thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, so kind of, yeah. I think the thing to bear in mind is it's going to take some time to work out who's going to stay on the team, who's not, who needs what kind of skin they need to be playing and everything. But and what's going to happen really to Jakob? Jakob, yeah. But I think the really positive thing that's happened from the first week is it looks like he's really kind of trying to get the team back to basics. I know they're doing kind of double shifts on the training pitch, doing a lot of kind of aerobic stuff and really being really been pushed hard. And you see that. I saw when they played San Martin on Saturday, he was always on his feet, kind of yelling instructions, talking to yeah. the players. It seems like maybe, you know, compared to Basile, he's got a little bit more um, get up and go about right, now yeah. and a lot more to prove, definitely. And yeah, I think... You know, first impressions, as fleeting as they might be, uh, have been alright. But let's let's just mention very briefly about Claudio Shakob as well, because the last time that we recorded, I don't think we mentioned it, but he was going to be supposedly was going to sign on loan for Boca Juniors to play their Copa Libertadores mm-hmm. games. The reason for this being, he was told he wasn't going to play for Racing again because he swapped shorts. Yeah. Yes, I said shorts with an Independiente player after the uh, after the Clasico. And, and came into the dressing room in the middle of the fight, whistling, whistling and <laughs> happy as Larry, yeah. singing a happy song. Not great it? for the club captain. Um, here you go. That, so yeah, Shakov is now not not going to be. I think they couldn't. Juniors. They couldn't agree on. He was basically. no yeah. Racing owes him money. It wasn't because he was pictured. <laughs> He owes well. Well, he had to pay. Rushing he had off to pay Atlanta. something for Rushing to loan him. So and not only that, the Boca players are not too happy about him coming in. Yeah, they don't yeah. want him. Why? Why yeah, don't they? He's a bit of an asshole as well. I think. <laughs> <laughs> best, best legs I've seen on the field. There you go. 
That's an Amberpod exclusive. I've seen So I'm not going to argue with our expert here. If you are an Arsenal fan, an English Arsenal fan, don't worry because Fokker's loan has just fallen through, so you are very much still in the running. I think the idea was anyway that he was going to just. You know, spend a few Libertadores games with Boca and then go to Europe in June. Uh, so I guess he'll just hang out until yeah. June and then and then he's off, probably. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's like a skinny girl. That's his nickname. This is indeed. Um, <laughs> Says it all. <laughs> other talking points from from the weekend. We've we've had a change of manager at one club, uh, San Martin. Lost 1-0 away to the Racing, as we've just been talking about from the Racing point of view. Um, San Martin then let go of their manager, or no, sorry, he, he quit himself, didn't he, Daniel? Daniel. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the papers made a bit of a thing about it because he's the 10th manager of the Clausura to leave his post, and when he was playing, he was uh, number 10, a uh, creative midfielder. Uh, which, you know. <laughs> Is this Ole? Is this like? Yeah, I'm sure it's Ole. Of course, it's Ole. Yeah, it's uh, sporting destiny. Unnecessary information. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's been replaced by a man that uh, many Premier League watchers may well remember, former Fulham hotshot. Facundo Saba. We we mentioned earlier who, the, the striker who scored what four Cabachero harassing yeah. uh, what four or five goals in in thirty-ish matches. Saba had a slightly better rate for Fulham. He scored eight in twenty-seven. I think if I remember right. Um, famous for putting on that mask of Zorro. It's his first managerial appointment. He retired from Federal in two thousand and ten, just after we almost bumped into him in Federal Stadium, Daniel. Yeah, yeah we, did. We, we, we did. bump into him. We, we, we were too to the question. In English, English, yeah, he man. looked like he was in a very bad mood, so we decided <laughs> not to. But uh, it is, uh, he's been talked about for a while as being a, a good manager because he's quite a cerebral guy. I think he, he writes a column in one of the newspapers. But he's kind of an he's a bit of an amateur psychologist as well. Yeah, he's, this kind of thing. He's yeah. written a book as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He's got a, he's a potential like a, a the, really the good. The next Well, you never know. He might, he might be quite an interesting manager to watch. Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a bapti- baptism of fire for him because San Martín are now in the automatic relegation spaces. We mentioned earlier that Tigre are joint top of the Clausura, but uh, <laughs> probably more importantly for most of their fans and players. For the first time now, at the, at the end of a round, Tigre are out of the automatic relegation spots, uh, which are now filled by Olimpo and San Martín. Tigre and San Lorenzo are the two in the playoff places, and Rafaela Banfield just above them. I'm about English Dan's got to explain to us why Racing aren't really in any danger, just just one place above Banfield in those relegation standings. Well, they're actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are actually like 10 points, both Banfield and Racing. Yeah, so they both there. should be safe, I mean... Although Batfield are going to be screwed next season because they're having this 73-point season knocked off from 2009-10. Yeah, whereas um, you think with that record looking to next year, Racing are going to be OK to see. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're having they should a relatively right. low-scoring season knocked off. Um, so, yeah, Tigre have the chances we've hinted at earlier to overtake San Lorenzo this coming weekend. With uh, if, if they win and San Lorenzo lose, Tigre will go ahead of San Lorenzo and will have wiped out completely that 17-point deficit against them that they started the season with it's been a pretty impressive turnaround for Tigre again after they had that bad spell losing three games in a row they've now won won the last two yeah sorry won both that the last win two. Um, which was key I think that was a real real big moment in that really season I think. coming off three you know three defeats in a row and being yeah. Boca is a massive achievement and it can only kind of 
bode well for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And this coming weekend, they're away against Belgrano, which is Belgrano and Tigre both have 47 points for the, the 2011 12 yeah. so far. Belgrano are um, nearly top of the Exactly. For, yeah. for Belgrano, of course, another win taking them to 50 is a big psychological thing because if you're a newly promoted side, 50 points is what you aim for to, to try and stay up. and you know, probably with 40-45 you're safe so Belgrano already I think in third place or something in the I think San Lorenzo have a really tough game against Arsenal yeah. um, and San really have got Gode Cruz or big big derby there for the Cusho region of, of Argentina mm. so yeah that is a classical isn't it yeah, it is a classical yeah. San Martín of course put Gode Cruz out of the Copa Argentina earlier in the season it's going to be bad blood there is yeah because Gode Cruz really hurt after that defeat yeah. uh, we're speaking with our words heavily laced with a liberal pinch of salt here really. um, I just want to mention um, this guy I might have mentioned him once before Buffarini who's just signed for San Lorenzo yeah. like, Caruso is getting credit for, for turning San Lorenzo around but I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Buffarini who's a right winger and he's just been absolutely fantastic for a federal signing uh, uh, for oh, this is why I wanted to mention yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm tying into Facundo Sava and all that but he's um, no, he's been um, like he's just given them a whole like he's he, he really kind of dynamic player. He's fighting for every ball. He's winning tackles and stuff. Just up and down the right wing. He set up the goal for San Lorenzo last week, um, and he's given them like a whole new dimension in attack and everything. So I think that's actually had a lot to do with their resurgence more so I think than Caruso. I'm just looking at the we've got the the fixtures ahead of us for the weekend and the kickoff times have been confirmed. Why on earth is this Antes Velez starting at three fifteen on a Friday afternoon? That's exactly Friday. what I said. <laughs> this week I'm going week. to <laughs> I'm going to that game because we were in you know sort of Veron's father is going to allow me to interview him first and then his son uh-huh. and then I'm looking at the game time and I said oh, what is the best game of the week? Is played at Friday 3:15 before long weekend. That's bizarre. It's it's not. It's the time that the people get out of work holiday, right? early enough to get out of the city. It's, yeah, it's a it's, long. It's not that the Friday is the holiday. The Monday is the holiday. No, Monday is the holiday. As, as, as usual. So people will be leaving town on yeah. Friday yeah. unless. Everybody in Estudiantes we'll decided go they're going to have I've heard the city a good. Not, not La Plata, but yeah. yeah, but they're going to have a good, you know, game, and then they're going to leave, and they're going to have a long weekend, and they're going to start training again on Wednesday, or, I mean, they just thought maybe people will be interested enough to watch or listen the game when they're leaving town in a rush, because you all know it's the last mm. four-day weekend. It, this is the end of the summer. Nobody's going to be. Mm. In town, and everybody's going to be going somewhere. This what is a I would very say, though, like, yeah. seen of these long weekends, we should probably mention that people really do yeah. take them seriously. So, yeah. what I mean, I would they, say, they, they yeah. go like hours of hours of traffic, and you will think, <laughs> let's just take the next weekend off, and there will be no one. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't work here because the next weekend, when you go to that place, there will be literally no one <laughs> because it will be shut down. <laughs> and anyways, but I don't like. I really don't want to have a game when the stadium and they're going to play at the Unico yeah, yeah. so it's going to be empty yeah. I'm going to have a game with no it's probably nobody I think the problem was like, yeah, the reason for this um, decision is that Velez have got um, Atletico Nacional in uh, Medellin on the Tuesday oh no that yeah why yeah. 3.15 kickoff um, just because just because well, yeah. you know, five o'clock, six o'clock. They could have done yeah. it at seven p.m. It's true, yeah. So I, I no can answer that. That's for Grandana and his wisdom to know. Yeah. Can yeah. you ask uh, Veron's dad? 
Asla. Um, sure, what you want me to When exactly Veron was born. <laughs> a little Veron, not that dad Veron. Because, uh, like, you, you hear a couple of different stories that he was born just before that. Because Veron was a uh, senior, was playing the, the Clásico against Gimnasia de la Plata. Yeah. And Veron was either born slightly before it or during the Clásico. And, and, and the manager? <clears throat> the manager didn't tell. Uh, Veron Senior that, that his son had been born because he wanted to concentrate on the game. So That's a great decision on the manager's part, probably, yeah. I would say. <laughs> I mean, I, being born five minutes before, five minutes later, I mean, even as a woman, I think, <laughs> if I was We're just asking the manager, was, I would definitely maintain. Yeah, no, that's a good idea, I think. But asking whether he was born before the game or during the game. I will <laughs> ask. When, when, ask the, the timeline on that. We got a hand up on the switch. Do you want me to ask Veron, La Brujita, does he think no, you know, it was La Brujita? No, Brujita. Do you want me to ask her? Sorry, you to ask Juan Sebastián. First, no, you no, want no, me to no. ask him, and then I would ask the son. It's like, do you feel so depressed Bruja, about the fact that yeah, you were being left? He thinks that was a good decision. Yeah. And how long? Good. How long? Was it more important for his dad to win the Classico in Gymnasia, or was it more important for his dad to be at his birth? Exactly. That. I will ask him and probably condemn him for years and years of therapy. If <laughs> 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 he's not going anywhere. It's right, he's going to retire. So. For, for our non-Spanish-speaking listeners, we'll explain the little argument we've just had about the, the nicknames, because Juan Sebastián is the, the son, of course, who's uh, played for Manchester United and Chelsea and so forth, is known as La Brujita here in Argentina, the little witch, and the reason for the diminutive in that is that his dad was known as La Bruja, the witch, because he looks like one. In it's his a massive mouth. nose, yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, and he also has a beauty mark, looks like <laughs> <laughs> Snow White's really evil mother. <laughs> That's a very bizarre analogy that I never thought I would I like hear drawn before. But yes, quite right. I can't argue. Um, other interesting matches this season, the, the, the weekend to come are going to be Boca against Colón. We'll talk about these, of course, with Mystic Dan a little bit later. Oh, um, excuse me, because this week I happen to make the Mystic Dan's predictions. We're, we're going to come on to that when, when the time okay. actually arrives. Just yeah, because I, I don't want him to steal the uh, predictions uh, from We're going to see what I get and what she gets, and then we're going to cut it. You don't even have your predictions because I made them. La, well, we'll, we'll see. Making the, the predictions this week, <laughs> <laughs> mystically. Um, with, with her pointy hat on. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the fixtures later on. I'm going to play some music now and we're going to come back and talk, I think, briefly about the, the vote that's happening at the app pretty much as we record and then we'll get on to some of your questions. Um, so don't go anywhere, please. Australian dance of a smiling benign cute cute to call it I don't know that's a malevolent smile it's his cutest picture on internet come on I've never seen him like uh, I've pictures on the internet of babies like, of like babies and cats playing guitar like that's much gear <laughs> I'll go for one then I would prefer uh, fat headed indolent 
his racist, anti-Semitic. Cute uh, like a like a toad, maybe. Cute yeah. <laughs> like a toad, not kind of cute. If he's playing a t- guitar, no. A but toad, I'm not saying he is cute. You're misunderstanding me. Usually they put We're pictures of him in scary, such scary like pictures. really scary pictures that you're like, ooh, you look at me like. Uh, you're, you're saying scared. this is cute. This is a person. cute photo. Okay. Period. Uh, not that he's cute. Very not cute, man. It's of course uh, Julio Grandona. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> My Windows <laughs> background is what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> It's your desktop picture. <laughs> Dan's painting little love hearts all around. You know. the, the, the reason that DC we've actually got this photograph up is that he's on the, the website that I've just brought up to remind us, which I've just noticed Australian Dan already had open in a separate time, um, to remind us of, of the, the changes, changes that, that are hopefully, I'll say hopefully as well actually, because for an idea that Grandona's had, they seem remarkably sensible and right-thinking, going to be made tonight as we're talking. The AFA are taking a, a vote this afternoon, th- this evening, sorry, it's very much evening now. Um, you on figure the why they always meet the... at night time? I mean, when this <laughs> it is bizarre, actually, isn't it? I think yeah. it's because yeah. that's dinner time. What's going to, on? Why yeah. during the day? So like, you're a fat cat, it's a governmental organisation yeah. or what's, whatever. You're a fat toad. I always thought it's because Grandana was a vampire. And... <laughs> yeah, right? Look at him. Oh, okay. oh, it's quite cute. So cute. This is the kind of podcast this evening that would work much better if we could put illustrations in. Unfortunately, we can't. Um, we can put a picture of him. Next, I, I, could, I, I yeah. could put a picture of him on the blog post, possibly. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're, they're voting to to restructure the league. We've talked about this a couple of times earlier in the season, but it looks now like this one tonight is actually going to be voted through by the AFA executive committee. In no small uh, matter, because it's what Julio Grandona wants and. Although we've previously had ridiculous things like 38 or 40 or 42 team first divisions muted, this is not one of them. No, this is a, as you were saying, this is actually very sensible and it looks with oh, one uh, small exception, which we'll get onto. So it could be improved, but I think it's miles better than what we've got at the moment. And it is essentially of switching the the season to well, the season's going to remain as it apparently is at the moment, August to June. Um, so in keeping with the European season. But rather than having two championships, Apertura and Clausura, during it, we will have one full length of season league championship, 38 games, 19 at home, 19 away, everybody plays everybody else once, sorry, twice. Um, and yeah, it'll be just like a proper league, apart from the, the small matter of the relegation, where they're going to be keeping two teams, will be directed, re- uh, directed relegatedly, no, relegated directly, and one still via the from Eddie. I've got that the wrong way around. So no, it's two no, by Promedio and, and one directly. So whoever comes from last is directly relegated and then the, the other two worst teams on the average system which they're using at the moment over three years. Exactly. With relegation playoffs will be done away with and there'll just be there won't be any any um, you know these one-off matches between third from bottom against third from top of the second division or whatever. It's just three up, three down. Um, the second division is going to be boosted to 22 teams from the 20 that it is at the moment which is sort of by the by I think you know that's I can't see really why they want to do it but I can't see any real argument against it uh, slightly oddly in the in the uh, lower divisions I think they're just going to keep the Prometheus as they are which is a little bit there are also only two go up and down in the, in the lower divisions so that's for next season so that they can boost it to, oh, okay. to 22 I think it's going to be uh, three up two down I'm not sure um and yeah, the, the Copa Argentina will be moved as from next season. It's not going to start as it did this this season back in August. Um, it will be starting in February and running through to November, so through the calendar year, which I'm guessing they're doing so that 
during July when there otherwise would be no matches they can have at least a few competitive games that ought to coincide with some of the first division sides coming into the Copa Argentina after the preliminary stages have been done the Copa Argentina will also turn into a home and away tournament there won't be any um, neutral matches apart from matches featuring River and Boca which will still be played in the other side of the country from where whoever ends up drawing them happens to play but if Barracas Central for instance are drawn against Vélez at home they will play in their own stadium or in the, the nearest <laughs> decently sized stadium that they and can for play. overseas listeners we should point out that that's because Boca and River have a huge yes. sort of fan base so out there any stadium in, in the, part of the country so yeah. that's the way they're trying to spread their competition over the, the rest of the country I, I think it's it's all remarkably sensible apart from the Libertadores qualification process which which is going to include one of the, the team who are highest ranked and haven't already qualified at the halfway stage of each season um, yeah so it's a kind of a nod to the rewards the team who are in good form at that point but also could hinder people's title charges if you've I guess that's a, that's a, a, bit, like a, a bit of a nod to the Apertura Clausura system and a, perhaps keeping in mind the way that teams get rated for players from Europe maybe yeah whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's too bad an idea. Like, I've heard worse. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, what Sam was saying was that the team that who's ahead, who's first halfway through the season qualifies for the Libertadores, or the or the highest placed team who not already, you know, given that the team is first, they're already qualified, in which case will be second or whatever. But you, you know, yeah, which is where it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, say that team wins, then it wouldn't be them; it would be the team that was second. Right? Mm-hmm. If that team only also finished second, it wouldn't be them; it'd be. Precisely. So it's the Libertadores qualification will be the the champions and the runners up of the previous season. Uh, plus, where's it gone again? Um, yeah, plus the the leaders, other than those at the, the halfway point of the season coming on when the Libertadores starts, um, and then the the winner of the Copa Argentina if the champions or runners up are those leaders so this um, means that the winner of this year's Copa Argentina will now go into the Libertadores I think that was always going to be the case anyway I thought it was just to the so whether that's going to happen us you know retrospectively or whether the no I would think it would be the next year after that can you say that so for smacking the microphone I think that would be the next year after that I don't think it would be the winner of the Copa Argentina this year will probably go to the Sudamericana I would think that will make more sense which probably means that it will be the other option not in the upper and yeah of course the best Argentine team in the Copa Sudamericana still still go through as well Um, all of this has yet to be finalised we'll probably get home to find that the vote's been thrown out unanimously (laughs) and we've just wasted five minutes talking about it but by and large (laughs) by and large I think that's a pretty sensible system I think if yeah, Seba were here he'd be happy that we were going back we to the we also have to mention we're just only a couple of blocks from this meeting mm. yeah it's, it's just across the way with Julio from, from where we are almost isn't it yeah. 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 Well, wait we could stop by afterwards if you guys just ask yeah, you want do to a live hand of yeah. Julio, Julio. <laughs> do you have any eggs <laughs> well, we'll take a bottle, another bottle of gin and uh, a few eggs and whatever and see what happens like yeah. a couple of directors <laughs> with gin oh they'll come out hammered don't worry yeah. about that <laughs> <laughs> what gin are you having no, gin tonics? No, it's no gin here. No. <laughs> no gin. I, I feel traitorous now if I admit that we are doing. So I'll, I'll just be quiet. Um, good, so that, that was, uh, that, that's the after. And now, ladies and gents, we're going to move to all of your favourite time of the podcast. It's when we answer some of your questions. Uh, People have a favourite time. People actually ask you questions. Oh, yeah. Well, ask us questions, yeah. We're a very popular podcast, Arthur. I know you are. Even Turkish people. <laughs> you know, this Turkish fan of mine tweeted me. He's like, 
oh my god, do you know these guys? I'm like, oh yes, I do. I hang out with them mostly over gin tonics. Did you did you want some autographs or something? Yes, definitely yours. Yeah. Because your predictions are so on the dot. He's been winning so much money thanks to you. Yeah, he uses them as a gambling. Seriously, what does he bet against all of them? I've been ironic. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think you've gone t- too far back now. I have done, yeah. I'm trying to get back up to today's uh, sweeps. Oh, yeah. 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 First question is from Tom Robinson. We're going to make it like it's live. I love it. Guys, guys if you burst out laughing, nobody's going to realise. Uh, everybody's going to realise that we're not there doing was it. So time here. Um, Tom Robinson, Tom Rob089, wants to know, he's been meaning to ask for a while, he says, what is it with Juan Carlos Olave's goalkeeper kit? Oh, we were talking about him yeah. before, right? We were, because I didn't have a clue what he meant. Um, but I was as, there. As did, and now that we've actually looked up the guy's name... Uh, okay, what happened is, when, we, when I went to meet him and interview him, we asked him about that, because he has a very specific... The, Belgrano is the only team that they have a you know um, jersey with somebody's face on it, and he happened to be um, Olave's cousin, who was a cumbia singer, big Belgrano fan, and he died. And you know Olave keeps his picture in his chest in every game. He's playing because he believes that he brings him good luck. And when he, when I ask him about the penalty that he actually, um, Pavone's penalty. Saved. Um, yeah, yeah, he saved. Season, he yeah. said that Rodrigo was the one who helped him save that uh, okay. penalty. He was a very famous, um, like, uh, tropical combi, I think. Uh, yeah. And he died about 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. Potro Rodrigo. I don't yeah. think we mentioned his name. That's, that's Potro Rodrigo. The, the Comte Rodrigo. I think we've talked about Chronica TV before as well. This is like very, very tabloid television here. And, uh, people have told me about when this guy died. Uh, he died in a motorbike, motorbike accident or car accident or something. And basically they rocked up, filmed him on the ground, like splattered over the, the, the bitumen. Just like Chronica Love. And I think that was, yeah, yeah love a, a big part of a lot of people's teenage years where they're, they're, they saw their idols splattered all over the, all over the road. So that's all around the Belgrano Stadium. does not attempt to shield any of these no, people. But the thing is, all around the Belgrano Stadium, they have images of Mono, this other famous La singer, La Mona, and Rodrigo, and they have, you know, they're part of the, it's all sort of like they have shrines to these guys and Belgrano fans actually when they sing songs they have different songs than all the other Argentine uh, hinchadas most of them are his um, uh, famous songs and the words lyrics are changed to Belgrano we've, we've got a couple of others uh, I'll I'll sign to my account because I've got a few more um, in a second but we've got a couple of others one from Samuel again uh, Ikanasha uh, asking whether after Barca's recent elimination in the European Cup semi-finals don't you think all they need is a goal scoring machine like Central's Cathy Shekos I in couldn't agree yes I couldn't agree stronger I think that in June you can probably look out for a swap deal with uh, Cathy Shekos going to Barcelona and Messi going to Central that would be quite a big story that if, would he be a if he didn't go to Newell's he went to yeah. Central he would never go back to Central 
Connor, Jose Dolores, says, wants to know why do Argentine models prefer goalkeepers over players in other positions? They're taller. That's what I'm going to, as a woman, I'm going to respond to that question because the only people who are above average height in Argentina football league are the goalkeepers because the rest of them are midget. Surely the centre backs. Come on! Who wants to be next to a little really short guy? That's true. I don't. I don't. I would go for a goalkeeper if anything, you know. There you go. Yeah, I think he also know. asks, um, why do Argentinos have a rivalry, a rivalry with Platense as opposed to Atlanta or Chacari- Chicarito? I think it means Chacarita. Chacarita. Um, a three-way, three-way rivalry is not allowed in Argentina. There are certainly some places that are bigger yeah. than others, which is yeah. why, for instance, Argentinos All Boys is, is the derby here at the moment, whilst All Boys are in the Primera. And yet, All Boys' main rivalry is Atlanta. It's a fair question, I think, because. It, when you go, if, if you get the bus from where we are now to Argentina Stadium, you go right past Atlanta's ground, they're about 15 blocks apart, and you would think that that would be more of a rivalry, whereas Platense are much further away. But um, I think we'll probably ask Seba that one, maybe next yeah. time when he's back. I think a lot of it has to do story. with kind of a lot of these rivalries, they're not necessarily built up on, uh, on geography because, you know. Atlanta didn't have a stadium for for, for long they, that's why they're called Bohemians yeah. because mm-hmm. they didn't have a stadium of their own yeah. they were using other team stadiums they've always, they've always been based in kind of Villa Crespo that's where the that's the Jewish neighborhood and that's up, why yeah. yeah but I think yeah I think we need Seba to explain a bit better but yeah I think more to do with probably a historical rivalry between Argentina and Platense and they're also kind of they have some sort of rivalry with uh, with All Boys which is probably about eight blocks down the road which is probably Mm. geographically the closest and also Mm. Vélez is kind of a rivalry but no but Flores is way up comparing to the other two teams that you just mentioned no but All Boys and Argentina are about nine blocks away from yeah I know Yeah. I mean that's something yeah. like you know just like resting in Independiente like 300 yeah. meters apart yeah um, in short yeah it's it's not always to do with geographical no. closeness as, as anybody who's been to Buenos Aires who's been to both River and Boca stadiums will know although of course yeah. River did start out in but they were all they were founded in Boca both that's of them that's what I just said yes uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm out of it cut <laughs> we have more questions do fans in Argentina still refer to Messi as the Catalan or do they see him as one of their own asks Jonathan McAteer whose Facebook name is Jonathan McAteer um, or Twitter name in fact. can I respond to that because I was just recently in Rosario yep. um, I think <coughs> what happens is when a player leaves very early Argentina when they were really young and they're not really identified with any team here in Argentina I think at that point plus let's say that Selección didn't have really major um, success with Messi being in it Argentina doesn't really um, embraces Messi as a Newell's boy or a you know Rosario boy or some other team but he's sort of like an Argentine he's like a superhero that doesn't exist I think some he's of that sort of well. like a superman he's like an I alien I think that is in, in Rosario there's a lot of civic pride for him right I mean some some yeah. of this is because so much of the media is based here in Buenos Aires the fact that he's not from Buenos Aires and that he never played for a Buenos Aires team but it will be different if, you, if, if you he played don't. one season with Newell's yeah, exactly. I think that's the main reason definitely yeah. then he just appeared for, for most Argentinians he was suddenly this magical player that appeared yeah. but I think he's at still the same identified time we can, yeah. with Newell's but I think we can all say at the same time that 
over the last two years you've definitely seen a shift that oh, yeah, people are appreciated definitely they think he's the best player in the world he might not be Argentine fans favourite player in the world but definitely they know he's the best you know he's not got a special place in their hearts but well, I think like, I think it's it's not so black and white. I think like, when you go to an Argentina game, they start chatting Messi, yeah. Messi before the game. It's, it's not like you know everybody hates him or everybody no. loves him. It's I mean, all the little boys, little every, kids on yeah. the street, what do they wear? Yeah, the most yeah. common is Messi. It's the Argentinian, you know, yeah. jersey with Messi behind. I mean, everybody wants to be him, and they're that's why everybody in Argentina, when Barcelona is playing, they're watching Barcelona game. Mm-hmm. For him, nothing other than not the quality of football, maybe thereafter. But there's an Argentine oh, guy playing there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have to leave, Arthur? I will have to leave and well. sort of um, be part of Porteño theater <laughs> circle and watch <laughs> some <laughs> intellectual. Into the commission. <laughs> Cut. No, I really have think, to go you're see this. The hundred pot isn't an intellectual. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty. No, I'm really. I really need to see this. Um, <laughs> I think hundred pot is at least as intellectually stimulating as. Say, as I'm sure it is. I'm sorry. Let's do two more questions and then. Let's. Yes. Or Elisa. Uh, do we want to go for this one? We can answer this pretty quickly. Right. El. El. Fan. Fantastic. Oh, I've only just got that name. I've seen it so many times. Fantasma. Um, on, on Twitter asks, I've got one, will Chari Dominguez ever get a call-up? No. That's you. You answer that. No. No. That's three. No. I don't want to answer that question <laughs> at all. Ashley's upstate. Uh, upstate. <laughs> the other three of us are, are saying no. Yeah. Uh, he's he's too old. He's, he's too playing bad. in the second division. And he's too fat. He's barely getting in the team yeah. in the second division. And, so. and, yeah, I, mean, no, I think he's a very good player. But yeah, no, it's not exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and we say something. You know, we, we've been asked the same question with with different names. But you know, well, so and so, if we get a call up, and whenever it's an attacking midfielder playmaker kind of figure the answer is always regardless of how good they are look at how much other competition there is to get yeah. the Argentine national team and that's I think we have a sarcastic similar question here is Melchior better than Messi yes um, yes the answer is definitely <laughs> I'm going to say only in his own head yeah um, possibly <laughs> for all we know in the bedroom uh, we could not comment on that but who knows anyway um, Juan Chope and Juan Chope underscore Dicko asks Claudio Shakov who what where when why we I'm already answered that. Why, yeah, I mean, we've already covered that one. Yeah. We can say he's a short swapping person from Argentina <laughs> in wrestling now. Why? We're not really sure. <laughs> um, absolutely. Martin Rosberg has just sent us four question marks. I think he was asking me uh, something. I see. Jolly good. Billy Morrison. We're leaving um, this stuff in there. Soccer underscore talk underscore um, on, on Twitter says. He wants an opinion from, I guess, each of the four of us, given that we're all here. <laughs> Who's going to win the Argentine first division? So let's go round clockwise, starting with Australian now. Uh, English now. Vélez. Aspen. Vélez. I'm going to say Newell's. Oh, God, please. Come on, they're joined top at the moment. You think it's a ridiculous prediction? They've already played Boca. I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised I mean if that happens I will be disappointed because I recently Why? had really really incredible experience with Rosario Central I think that's such a nice team I wouldn't want their <laughs> rival to be the first league's champion because you know I like, I like both of them to be honest I, like, I, like I don't I Rosario like Rosario Central vamos che and if it stops Boca from winning and better, better still if Boca lose to a team that they'll probably think of as an equipo chico it would be 
brilliantly funny and I think Newell's deserve it as well for the, the improvement that they've shown in the last okay, six months. Okay, you're right. But Venice is else. such a better team. And their colours are lovely. Red and black. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, My high school colours. Really? These are the colours with which we attack, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give us the whole... No, I think that's it, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, excellent. Any other questions? I don't think we had any... any there was a few What's the name of the guy on Paso a Paso who's always laughing with the players and barely asks any questions? That guy rules. That's from Archbell. Um, I don't know. None of us can remember what we're afraid. A lot of the interviews seem to be like that. It seems like every single yeah, kind of is very matey football player. The, yeah, football the one I like is the... Uh, I think he's Fox Sports. He might be ESPN. The guy with arms that are basically like twice the size of your head. Like uh, his yeah. upper arms are like this. Um, the guy's he's in always England. wearing ridiculous. No, no, no. He, he always wears ridiculously tight t-shirts. He's got a huge microphone in his hand, and it looks like an ice cream cone or something. I've um, just still and he's a always spot for, he always interviews yeah. Argentine Primera players yeah. and just got, sort of sits there. He's hilarious, and I don't know his name either. <laughs> I've just got a soft spot for really angry Horacio Pagani. <laughs> that guy melts my melts my heart. Raquel my lover. Yeah. <laughs> Not Raquel my lover. That would be quite a turn up for the books. A, a lover of Ricama. Um, what others? Why did no Argentine team sign, try and sign Hernan Barcos from LDU Quito before he went to Palmeiras in Brazil? I'm always impressed. Because they don't have money. <laughs> very, very easy answer. They don't that's have money. From, that's from Wes, Wes 1888. Um, Brazilian teams are doing really great because Brazilian yeah. economy is booming and they have so much money and that's one of the reasons why they can afford <coughs> players all around the world all around South America and I mean would you go to if you were a foreigner in South America what would be your choice of teams even if they pay you the same Yours. amount of money I would definitely go to Palmeiras professional I, I think another reason though that, that none of them tried to sign him um, as yeah. much as anything is because he was a rel relatively like speaking it. a failure at Racing right then he was just he was very young at Racing maybe he yeah. played one game, two games if he played any and didn't really get a look in and, and, and sort of bounced around the lower leagues a bit. And as we've said before, if you've not managed or played for one of the big five in Argentina, it's very difficult to get any kind of image in Argentina. If yeah. you have done that and you've done poorly with one of the big five in Argentina, you won't come back. recover that image, even if you win the Copa Libertadores, Sudamericana, yes. score uh, how many, two goals against Vélez or somebody last, in last season's Libertadores, right? Um, he was very impressive at the very least he scored at least one um, even with all of that it's very difficult to recover that reputation yeah. here in Argentina with the way that the, the press work here um, so yeah a variety of reasons but I suspect that Asmi's comment on the economics of the two countries has as much to do with it as anything else yes. um, we're going to uh, Asli has to go now she's already being driven to distraction and is playing on her iPhone oh, it's not an iPhone don't say that my I apologize. <laughs> She's not. Is she an avid. She, uh, she might voice. be listening. Yeah. Of course she does. Okay. Mother supports everything I do. Oh, excellent. Uh, she loves football. Are we invited to the theater as well? No. <laughs> I only have two tickets. It's to me and my landlady. So do you have time to, to <laughs> hang around and hear Australian Dan reading out your predictions, Ashley, or do we need to? I think he should, but please, people. It, they were my predictions yeah, we'll make sure. and I'm proud even if I'm wrong and we will now play Mystic Dance or Mystic Astley's music for the week do you want to read them out yourself? yeah okay, okay just Ashley, real, quickly, gonna, real quick Astley's going to read out her own predictions uh, for the weekend to come 
estudiantes vélez definitely estudiantes because i mean if they're gonna play 3:15 in the afternoon they better win um lanus racing i i have to really really go for racing just because i want them to win um some about racing the new jeffing <laughs> okay these are my kind of mystic it's predictions similar logic to that i use San Martin, eh, San Juan, I would say Godoy, Godoy Cruz okay. is definitely going to win, it's in a way. Newell's All Boys, well, of course Newell's. Boca Colón, even though Esteban, and I don't know, I wish Colón wins against Boca. I'm going to go with Boca. Independiente, Banfield, I'll just give it a draw for the Red Devil. Union, <laughs> Olimpo, Union. Argentinos, Rafaela, Rafaela, San Lorenzo, Arsenal, Arsenal, because I think uh -huh. they have no moral to fight. Uh, <laughs> Donas team. In Belgrano, Tigre, I'm gonna go for Belgrano. Some interesting reasoning. <laughs> 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 I know that we've got San Lorenzo and Tigre matching each other's results again and we've also got Newells and Boca both winning which would keep up the the title charge with Arsenal just, just in behind and Tigre obviously dropping away and Vélez dropping off the race as well of course we've got the boys derby this this weekend we have yes all against old all against old boys um, <coughs> yes indeed and well I think that's about or we can, so we've already spoken a little bit about this coming weekend's fixtures in fact and what we, we think are going to be good. So without further ado, ladies and gents, we're going to, um, to well, stop recording. Yeah, so that we all head off to the theatre. Yeah, absolutely. We're, yeah. All invited. We're, we're all getting in. Free. And watch some French uh, music because it's um, homage to French culture. Uh, wonderful. That sounds lovely. I hope it is because I'm leaving the Anglo boys to go see theatre and leave football behind for oh, no. two hours. Oh my god, do you think I can do it? Didn't you hear us? We said we were coming, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a choice in this. Did you hear that laugh? <laughs> I do it again. <laughs> we will, um, we'll say now for, for another week at least uh, goodbye, first of all, from, from our special guest, Ashley. Thank you for listening. I hope I wasn't boring you today. <laughs> no, no, not, not too much. You're okay. Uh, goodbye for an English now. Goodbye. I don't care if I was boring you. <laughs> goodbye from Australian. Yeah, sorry. Goodbye. And <laughs> goodbye from me. Goodbye.